Friends, grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my best friends from college got married right after graduation. And I can't say none of us saw it coming, but it was a little surprising to find out that she was divorced in less than a year. They were together for about eight months. Now, according to societal standards and standards of our little Lutheran liberal arts college in Northeast Iowa, she had it all. She was magazine beautiful. She was really, really smart. She was kind and thoughtful and funny. She was gentle. She was politically engaged and active in the world. She just, she was amazing. I ran into her a few years afterward and We were chatting, and eventually we got around to talking about dating. And and she said, yeah, not so much. And I was like, yeah, it probably makes sense. And she said, well, no, it's not for lack of trying. She said, but you tell me, on which date is it appropriate to bring up the fact that I'm not even 25 and I've already been married and divorced in less than a year? It's kind of a deal breaker for a lot of guys our age. I had to take her word for it. And so today we meet a woman. Jesus meets a woman. And she is, by all accounts, one of the first and finest evangelists that the Gospels have ever known. She is a proclaimer of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one sent from God as Savior of the world. She boldly proclaims that good news. And because of her courage and willingness to tell her story and to invite others to see, many people from her village come to believe and to know Jesus as Savior. Because of her story, they come to the living water. And she is smart, and she is well-read, and she's engaged, right? She and Jesus have a long, thoughtful, theological conversation, a debate even, where she challenges him with questions about religious difference and right worship and where God is to be found and when the Messiah is coming, all that stuff. She's a smart, engaged, courageous, bold evangelist. And when she goes to her village to share this amazing experience, she says, come and see Come and see this man who told me everything I've ever done. And of all of the things that we could remember about this woman, her brilliance, her courage, her evangelical spirit, her success as a sharer of the gospel, it's everything she's ever done that sticks out in our minds. She's been married five times. The one she's living with is not her husband. And despite the fact that Jesus just says those words, and that's it, you know how people are. We remember that part of her story, and usually with all kinds of assumptions about what that means, what it means about what kind of a woman she is, We assume, we read into the story, 
that the reason she's there at noon drawing water when respectable women would come in the morning or in the evening is obviously because she's so full of shame for her sinful past that she doesn't want to be seen with those other women or they don't want to be seen with her. And what a surprise and shock it is that Jesus would talk to her. Of course, none of that is in the story. It could just as well be that she was an introvert and she didn't really like to gossip all that much and the line was shorter at noon. But you know how people are. Then and now we are obsessed with other people and especially other women's sexual past. What kind of a woman she is. And so throughout... 2,000 years of biblical interpretation, we have this assumption, this picture of who this sinner is that Jesus deigns to talk to. But that's not in the story. We have no idea what her past really means. We just know the numbers. What if all five of those husbands died and her life is just carrying grief? And a, a brother of one of her former husbands takes her in out of kindness. What if those five men divorced her because she couldn't have kids? And in those days, that was a real deal breaker. Of course, we're over shaming people for infertility now, right? We don't know. We don't know what her story really means. We just make all kinds of assumptions about it. But you know who does know her story? Jesus. He knows the whole story. He knows who she is. He knows where she's from. He knows what she has been up to. He knows what others have or have not said about her. We don't know, but he does. She may very well be as upstanding as anybody could possibly be, but her neighbors want nothing to do with her. We don't know. Jesus does. Jesus knows everything about her. And when he tells her her story, he does so with absolutely no shame attached. Yeah, this is who you are. And it's after, after he tells her her story, after she knows that he knows everything, whatever that is. It's after that that they engage in this thoughtful theological debate where they push back and forth, where they talk about where they're from and how their different communities see God and worship differently. And it's this interesting conversation. Jesus isn't ashamed to be with her. Jesus knows her story. And he talks with her. And so she runs and she tells everyone about this Jesus, this one who knows her, this one who has given her, offered her this living water, this gift that flows from the heart, that that bubbles over like joy that can't be held back, that gives life, that connects us more deeply to God and to one another, this gift that flows on into eternity, that that calls us out to know God in spirit and in truth, 
Jesus has given this gift, and he'll give it to you too. Come and see. Come and see. This man knows everything I've ever done. Which means, of course, he knows everything you've ever done, too. Which, I don't know, doesn't sound exactly comforting all the time. I don't know about you, but there are some things that I don't know that I would share on a first date or a job interview or at coffee after church. He knows everything. Even the stuff we hide from each other, even the stuff we hide from ourselves, he knows it all. And yet, whatever all that stuff means for you or for the people around you, whether that stuff is the stuff of shame or the stuff of pride, whether that is stuff that cuts you off from others or connects you to their stories, whatever it is that you bring to this well, the good news is God knows it already and offers in this place living water that flows to abundant and eternal life for you, no matter who you are or what you bring. That once you know Jesus, you no longer have to carry all that stuff that does nothing but run dry or break your back or cut you off. But now you have the living water that flows from deep within. That spirit that brings life. Friends, This is who God is for us. This is the whole story that begins with the one who made all things and through whom all things were made, deciding not to remain distant in the heavens, but instead to pour God's self out in flesh to live among us. We should not be surprised to see Jesus in this place with this person talking to her at this time of the day. This is who Jesus is. One who knows full well who you are and has no shame whatsoever hanging out with exactly you. After all, this is the one from Nazareth. You know, that crap hole of a place. But it... He knows who you are. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And it doesn't matter. Or, maybe more importantly, he knows who you are And the good, the bad, and the ugly just makes you more lovable. More of use, of value, of worth in the grand scheme of what God is up to. For maybe it's that stuff that makes you, like her, the kind of person that others might listen to. That they might be able to hear your story. That's what happened for her. She ran off and she told her story. And if we're going to read into all the other stuff in the story, we might as well read in there too. Come and see someone who told me everything I've ever done. And it didn't. And he loved me anyway. And he wants nothing more than my... And he wants you all to shut up about it. Or whatever. Come and see. 
And there is a line at the end that also has a little rough edges to it. Where the others say, you know, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, because we've now come to see ourselves and believe. And yet, it's not unusual 2,000 years ago or now for us to not listen to women's voices or trust the stories they have to tell. But I'm not sure that's exactly what's going on here. You see, this living water, this gift that God is longing to give to us, God wants to give it to you. To exactly you. God doesn't do gossip. God doesn't work through others, or at least God wants ultimately to be with you. Face to face. To know your story. To tell you your story. To carry your story on into God's promised future. That's the God we have. That's the God we meet in those waters. That's the God poured out at this table. That's the God who knows you and wants nothing more than to know you and to love you and to fill you with life forever. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.